Know that it's going to be hard, but it's going to be the most thrilling thing you've ever done. What would you say your number one and biggest tip is for that? We've totally cut our Facebook ads. Great recognition, by the way. If you were to dissect my brain right now, you would see a sponge. I feel like there should be some music in the background. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Subscription Rockstars podcast. Today I have a very special guest called Jill. And uh, Jill is based in San Diego in sunny California. I am very jealous right now. Uh, she has a background as a professional cake decorator. And she has over 10 million views on YouTube, which is mind-blowing. Uh, she used to operate a preschool pre-COVID called Bright Start for Kids, described as an enrichment school. Jill wrote a book called Creative Cakes Anyone Can Make, which is available on, on Amazon, which has solid reviews, so check it out. Um, with a background in indicating a vested interest in child education, Jill is also a single mom of two amazing boys. In summary, Jill is a writer, speaker, and innovator, but above all else, her greatest joy is mentoring women to start a home-based business and succeed while having a balanced life, which we're all about here at Subly. So Jill, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You have been really impacted by the present situation of COVID, um, yes. which is sad, but your story is extremely inspiring. First of all, let's talk about your business, Kids Baking Club. It started when my preschool that I own was shut down due to COVID. As a single mom, single income, I was in shock, but because I knew where I lived, things could get really bad. I said, I have to pivot. I have to do something. I had an idea about a year before about taking all of my recipes and lessons that I've been teaching kids and decorating for the last 15 years and putting them into a baking kit and help the parents. Because my thought was, gosh, these parents have their kids home now. Mm -hmm. What are they gonna do? They can't keep learning digitally. They're gonna go crazy. And I'm all about hands-on learning, kinesthetic learning, and that's where it started. And now it's just been amazing. I guess you could say, although one door closed, another one opened very, very quickly and suddenly. Um, and that's really unfortunate and, and sad, but I'm just so excited and energized by the fact that you just took this negative situation and turned it into an absolute positive. I mean, you're an absolute warrior. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. Um, I think it's very inspiring. So how did you approach the pivot? Were there particular steps that you took? Well, I right away, I thought I'm going to create a business proposal. I'm going to put it on a PowerPoint presentation and put all of my ideas, put a lot of visuals because a lot of my family are visual learners mm -hmm. and just throw it out and just think if anybody is interested in supporting me, either financially or just encouraging me and saying, hey, this might be a good thing. That was the first thing that I did. While I was doing that and waiting for responses to come back, I was designing. I designed a whole entire year of baking kits. We are a monthly kit. And I just got so excited. Like, oh my gosh, these different themes. Kids learn very theme-based. I call it the hallmark themes of learning. And I just went to town and that's how I got started. And then the responses started to come in with like, wow, this really could be something, Jill. And another thing was I was realizing if I didn't do anything, I'd be starving. Mm. <laughs> and <Facts. laughs> or living on an island fishing for myself. I just didn't know. 
<laughs> it sounds like it was a necessity, obviously, but you know, I think uh, you've—I don't know—you just managed to combine the the best of all these different factors, like what you're passionate about, the you know the the necessity aspect of it, and then also you know you've also taken your 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 strongest skills and combined it into this new business, which you've just created. You, the pivot took two months, I think. Is that correct? Yeah, we we got started and we launched in two months. That's insane. So my son, to- my son Nick is just. Um, I, I, there's just no way we would be where we are if it wasn't for him and his business partner, Greg. There's just no way. Mm. I mean, you can take a great idea, but you've got to make it so appealing to people and his branding strategy. And I've learned so much from just that, of that you can have these great products and there's so many great products. Mm. And But if you have no way of showing it to people and getting them excited then it's just not going to go anywhere. Yeah. It's kind of like that experience element to make sure that the experience from the moment they discover your brand and, and your, your, your offer, uh, yeah. you know, and, until they purchase it and all the way through to when they receive it, it's really about the experience. And I, I talk about the experience quite a lot, not necessarily on the podcast. Actually, I think it's probably one of the first times I've mentioned it, but it's something I think about a lot. And I talk about a lot with like internally, et cetera, uh, at Subly. Was there a particular approach that you took to pricing and the kind of sourcing of product? Uh, we are a baking kit for sure. I mean, when you get our kits, you're getting step-by-step recipes, the baking tools, the baking lesson, and other things. But we really are education-based. We call it, we say we have five pillars to our business. So in the price, not only are you getting the kit, but you're also getting a online access that's private for all the decorating videos that only people that have the kit get. I also do baking online classes on Facebook as well as YouTube. We have a blog that you can access to and get more recipes. We call them bonus recipes or add-on recipes. And then we have our private Facebook community that just allows parents to be able to share pictures of their kids confidentially so it's not out there for the public to see. And then obviously our baking kit. And that has been, I think, the best thing. As far as pricing We've had a lot of challenges with that, to be honest with you. And I actually contacted Subly to find out about how to do that because Subly is really the only one that I'm aware of that does the the tier, the tier where you pay the monthly. I actually talked to someone um, that works with Subly about this mm-hmm. and they where they sign up for a year and they're committed for a year, but they're mm-hmm. not paying for the the full price all at one time. When we first started, that's how we did it. We said, you'd either do month to month, a six month or a year. And we just saw that we were only getting month to month and our churn rate is about four to six, four to five months. Now that we're in it, five months, we're seeing that churn rate. With the new pricing tier where you can get it for a year and they're committed, boy, it just drops the price so much because Mm -hmm. we know now that we're going to profit better if they pay less because they're in there for the long run. And then we get to build that fan base. That's the thing. It's just, we want people, we want kids excited about every single month. Or we call it happy mail. Every month they get happy mail in the mail <laughs> and they get excited. And, and especially now with all of the e-learning, parents are home. What are we going to do? I, was, I just think so much of my students that I've had for all these years and how bored they must be at home mm. and thinking, 
that. This gives them something to get excited about. They get to plan the recipes. They get to pick the ingredients. And the best thing is that we call it the win-win. The win is they build confidence in what they do. And then this other win is they get to eat it. (laughs) 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 And they get to share it with people. And there's nothing better. Like, do you like to cook? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And not not as much as I used to, but I do enjoy cooking. It's like quite therapeutic. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And then when you give it to somebody or share it, when they say, oh my goodness, this is the best thing I've ever had for a kid. Mm. It's like, oh my gosh they appreciate it and it just inspires them to do more. And then all the life skills they're learning that, for sure. That is so critical, by the way, like talking about like the kind of the affirmation part of when you're a child, mm-hmm. like it's people, I think, take it for granted how much of an impact that can have for the rest of that person's life. I would say one of the best sentences you can say to a child is for a parent to say, I just love blank to a child. So you say, I just love being in the kitchen with you. I just love when we just get to sit and hug. I just love, it's not even more about what they're doing. It's that word of their, that child is hearing mm. from the parent. I just love this with you. That means everything to a child. So our thing, we, you know, I don't know if it's actually happening, but my envision as a parent is hugging their child or right next to their child in the kitchen and just go, I just love having you in the kitchen. This is just so inspired. This is so neat. Look what you're doing. I mean, that just means everything to a child. And I also think that it just shows how clear your vision is. Like you've got, I can see you literally thinking about it. You know, it's, it's there. It's an image and a vision in your head. And that's what's guiding your, 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 your mission and your business, which is awesome. I love that. So far, what has been your biggest challenge with, uh, you know, starting the business? Personally, it's me, just the learning curve. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this business. I have listened to all your podcasts. I've listened to all other other subscription box cop podcasts. I dive into anything I can. Uh, I'm just, if you were to dissect my brain right now, you would see a sponge. That's all you would see. No, no, nothing else. I'm just like a sponge of knowledge right now. That's been probably my biggest challenge. I think the second challenge is realizing that we're a shipping company. Didn't catch on to that until we really started to grow. And then I thought, oh, we're a shipping company. And that's a whole nother ball game. Uh, Here in in the United States, they upped the shipping prices for the Mm -hmm. holidays. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, So just things like that and just managing our warehouse and our garage and all of that. But the everything else besides that, it's been a thrill. Yeah, it's a really great recognition, by the way, of being a, a basically a shipping company, as you said, or like a logistical co- operational company. Uh, I think that a lot of the things that we require um, for starting a business, like marketing and advertising and all these things, are very commoditized. You know, there's so much out there about those things, but really, these are logistical challenges that we're facing. Uh, you know, or you guys are facing as as subscription uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs. So uh, that's a great point to recognize the whole distribution chain the way of distribution works is is something you have to get done now as mm-hmm. we're small we we're only five months in we've we've got to get that down the process of that is so important because i just envision how our growth is going to happen if we look at the numbers of our competitors and other people in the space if we don't have that down now, we're in big trouble. It also goes back to that experience part. If you if you have uh, processes falling apart, logistical um, operations falling apart, 
then it's going to actually show up in the customer's experience and it's going to cause a lot of internal stress and pain and anxiety for you and your team. And I think that, yeah, you've, you've really nailed that actually. <laughs> so if you were to start again, and I know you guys are quite new considering, you know, I think what, how long has that been now? Five months, six months? Five months, six, yeah. I tend to ask everybody this question, but if you were to start again, is there something that you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Probably we would have not launched when we did. We, okay. we launched as fast as we did because we thought that we could jump on the COVID bandwagon. Mm-hmm. But I think at that time, parents and families were still kind of settling in and still in shock. And they weren't willing to give up their monthly cash flow. Actually, during that time, our number one customer were grandparents. Hmm. It wasn't parents. I think parents were kind of like holding back in mm-hmm. shock. They're working at home. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Lots of adjustments. And the last thing they wanted to do was do an add-on. But grandparents, which we love, <laughs> they were thinking <laughs> about their Shout out to grandparents. the grandparents. <laughs> Shout out to the grandparents. <laughs> I think they were at home missing their grandkids so much because we weren't, they weren't supposed to see them because of the mm. age and the vulnerability. And they thought, what can I do to help my daughter or my son who have these kids at home now? And one of our favorite things is writing the gift message and putting that in the box. Being able to write the sentiment. Sometimes it gives me teary eyes when I, I could start crying right now. I can uh, see that. <laughs> I, cry, I cry a lot. You're, 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 uh, you're clearly an empath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> you have no idea. You should read my journals. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of the sentiments that the grandparents write, it's just, you can just feel their heart just going, I miss them so much. And this is just one extension that I can have. Just a quick story. There is a grandmother who lives, I think, in Oklahoma, and her granddaughter lives in Idaho. So she sends the baking kits every month, and they have a Zoom baking every week. Oh, so wow. Every, yeah, isn't that amazing? So That's now awesome. the grandma gets to bake with her daughter, her granddaughter, miles and miles apart with this just little simple box. It just, I'm getting chills just talking about it. That's, that's special. And your, your business, your vision is facilitating that, you know, that's why you do this basically. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. So actually you just said something there that was really interesting and it, it got me thinking about, you know, I always talk about knowing your audience Mm -hmm. and I think that it sounds like you thought your audience was going to be a, right. But you actually discovered that your audience was B B being mm-hmm. the grandparents. And, and I, I think it's worth mentioning to the, the listeners and the, and the viewers that you might actually have more success with another audience that you, you've not thought about yet. So that's just an, a really great example of that, actually. Yeah, and I learned about uh, how they, you talk about buckets. You have buckets of different audiences. Mm-hmm. And during different time, like right now, we have two buckets we're focusing on for Christmas. Those will not be our buckets in January. Uh, so really knowing what our audience buckets are and really focusing on that is really important for us to constantly looking at the data, looking at the analytics, seeing who our customer is. We now have a form that they fill out. They're like, how did you hear about us? Where did you hear? What's your age group? So we can see, oh, uh, like we've totally cut our Facebook ads. We don't do Facebook ads anymore at all. Uh, we realized that our where we were getting our customers were our Google ads. Pinterest and YouTube. That's where we are getting our customers. And we're starting, yay, 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 is word of mouth. 
That's when you the know, magic happens. Yeah, that takes time because on the form it says friend or relative. And when they when I receive that and they live 800 miles away from us, I'm like, oh, they're not my friend. <laughs> they're someone else's friend <laughs> or someone else's friend or relative. And I'm like, yes, that's the best part. Word of mouth. That's amazing. Word, word of mouth within five months. That's incredible, actually. Yeah. So congrats on that as well. If you're already getting word of mouth at five months, then that's just going to go continue like to continue to go up like more and more people are going to be doing that because that's 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 the sweet spot right there so i'm I'm very impressed by that but you mentioned youtube instagram uh, pinterest i read that you were doing email marketing as well what has been like the biggest breadwinners for you initially it was facebook ads and but we've seen during the election it was like crickets and we just thought why are we spending money when people are just scroll, 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 scroll. I mean, there was just so much. I don't know how it was for you in Scotland, but here in the United States, it was just data, 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 mm. total data dump. I thought, let's just try Pinterest with a lead magnet. So we create, I created a cookbook that's a download. I worked my butt off on it. <laughs> and uh, are you allowed to say butt? Yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> I'm sure I've said worse on this podcast. <laughs> Sometimes I have to remember I'm not in the preschool anymore. <laughs> the complete plot. Uh, and we just had a ton of downloads with that ebook. And so now we're you now we have all those emails and now we're able to generate uh, information to them. So like starting tomorrow, they're just gonna get lots of information about our Christmas kit and getting very excited about that. So I would say that was a big thing. And then now that I'm really putting a lot of emphasis on YouTube, we're getting a lot of response from that as well. That's amazing. I'm actually quite excited. I mean, you've basically taken some of the principles from even B2B marketing and applied it to B2C with a, a, a you know, a lead magnet. I love that. That's so, so cool. Are you still like, are you still focusing on Pinterest and other channels apart from Facebook? Is it still working nicely yes, for you? Right now we're just concentrating on paid Google ads, Pinterest, YouTube, we don't pay for, but I'm a, I am monetized because when you get to a certain level on YouTube, you make money that way. Yeah, 10 million and, views. Yeah. And then we get, um, so, and then they can share that too with people that they know, but those are our really areas that we're putting all of our focus right now. That's amazing. We may go back to Facebook ads. I haven't talked to my son about it. We actually have a meeting today, but right now we were just kind of waiting to see what would happen. Our election was November 3rd, but it's still going on. <laughs> mm. There's a lot of problems with Facebook advertising right now. I've seen a lot of reports that people are getting banned and all sorts. And I just, I remember having a conversation with somebody who was running another another uh, successful subscription business. And they basically said that they had all their marketing uh, in Facebook, basically. And they were completely dependent on this marketing channel. It was one of the, the holidays in the US and they got banned or something like that. And that meant there was no new business for them during the time that they were banned. And that was just like, that was a terrible situation to be in. So they basically learned from that. And it sounds like you have as well that, you know, having uh, multiple channels to depend on is, is a far safer approach and strategy. So don't yeah. become too dependent on Facebook. It's great. It can be great, but it can change as well. Like it has recently and people are having problems with it. So Kudos to you for discovering other channels to actually in, invest in. 
Yeah, I was thinking about subscription boxes that focus on wellness, because if there's anything that we need right now is to feel well, mm. because a lot of depression and, you know, there's a lot of amazing products that, you know, getting away from things that hurt your body, but things that make your body feel better. I've been on this regimen for the last six months of protecting me from COVID. And if you type in the word wellness or health or diet or strength or, I mean, Facebook just lights you up. They just don't want any of that. And I just wonder how those subscription box companies are doing because mm. those are ban words and, that's and I'm really careful like what I say I don't write I don't say the word COVID I don't say the word pandemic I don't say anything in our advertising because I know that those are ping words and I just don't want them to have to take three days for them to look at it yeah. <laughs> before they oh it's a baking class oh okay that's okay <laughs> but yeah. you know they'll, it'll take a while for them to actually approve it for an ad if you use those words yeah that's a really great um tip as well for for anybody who's you know wanting to learn more about about advertising on facebook and other platforms that are maybe a little bit more restrictive but speaking of which how did you approach learning about these things? I mean, not just Facebook, but all of the channels that you're now working with. Like, I know you said that you've had a bit of a steep learning curve, but how did you approach it? Well, initially I found this um, guy, his name's Liam Bren Brennan. Uh, he yes. Uh, Buster Box. And I just somehow I clicked on Facebook and he was just giving away like all this information. He was putting, it was like, he was just paying it forward. And I just thought the course wow. is fantastic as well. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, the they're a great company, great guys. I joined the beta course and he's just willing to share and to even say like, he doesn't know, you know, he's just, he's mm. not trying to sell you a bill of goods. He's just saying, this is how it is. He knows that people in his group are people like me that were the newbies were the newborns. And then he also has people in the, the group that are just doing great. And he realizes that because what he has started, that we can collaborate together. Mm -hmm. And I've actually reached out to certain people that I just have an empathetic uh, touch with. And I'm like, I'm going to see if we could do a Zoom call. And I've met people through that. And I'll just say, hey, can we, you know, can you give me an hour of your time? I've had people do that with me because they think that I've done something. And we've just created this thing. So that was one. Uh, also, I, I have to give props to my son, Nick, and his business partner, Greg, because they knew all this stuff. They have other companies that they own, and they do all this data analytics, Facebook ads, Google ads, and I've just been learning through, basically through them. I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that you you found like Liam and um, their course like useful. It sounds like the knowledge that they're sharing clearly works as well. I mean, yeah. we're having this conversation right now, and, and I'm... I'm actually blown away with how much you've learned in the last five months. So I guess uh, to the listeners and viewers as well, like check out the course from Liam Brennan from yeah, Buster Box. Really so regarding the, um, the, the preschool that you had to close down because of the, the pandemic, do you think that you're going to return back to that eventually? Once things calm down, do you think you're going to try and open it again? Do you have a plan for that? I don't see anything in sight. Uh, we thought that we could possibly reopen it in January and they just kept us, they're still in a shutdown mode. And when you get kids or parents to be excited about having their kids go to preschool, it takes months to get them the enrollment done, getting the school back set up. I literally have my entire, probably $100,000 worth of furniture, 
product, everything that has literally been stuffed into rooms and was completely shut down on March 13th. I've not touched it. Pace that we are going right now, I probably will sell the preschool, which is a good thing because that means that shows the Kids Baking Club's doing great. The other layer of that is someone was saying we have to get back to the, the normal. And I heard someone say that we'll never go back to normal. It would be the next normal. What's the next normal? The next normal for me, being very realistic, living where I live, is something else could happen after COVID's gone. And they now realize they can shut us down again. Mm. And I can't be put in that situation again. I don't know if you heard my story, but when this first happened, I went into a depression and my entire face broke out. I got what's called uh, seborrhitis dermatitis. Okay. And my entire face, my head broke out in scales, like rashes, scales, and it was all due to stress. Mm-hmm. And I, part of my healing was starting the business, was yeah. having something to do, not focusing on the doomsday. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen to me? I just said, I've got to wake up every morning at six o'clock. I've got to do something. I've got to get myself. I started block scheduling. I started making to-do lists. I would give my, I would set the timer for 30 minutes. I would stay on one task for 30 minutes and then I would go for a walk or I would stand. And I was just so hyper-focused because I knew I was scared to death Mm. of being where months in, I just didn't have anything. And now I have something and I'm very proud to say that I think it has, it has some, it's going to stick. I think it's going to work. Wow. I mean, I, I, I can imagine that a lot of people can relate to that. You know, what you've just said about the depression and anxiety from all this uncertainty and you've just taken all of that and can, turned it into a dream. Like people dream about yeah. having their own business. And I think that that is incredibly inspiring what's your next goal for the business? Like what's the next stage for you, for you guys? I think it's just to complete a year, get the, get the year intact, learn as much as we can. And if you were to ask my son, he's got a lot of ideas. Uh, One of them is an app where parents could come on the app or even kids could come on the app, share their, their photos, get more stuff, um, interact and then we would give them lots more information and ways to do things, but uh, where they can change the, the recipe, the ingredients, and um, especially if they have dietary modifications, they can mm. find easy ways to change that and just make it fun too and engaging for the kids. We want to be a resource to parents because we want to give them and teach them that hands-on learning is so important. And I think if you were to ask me, I would probably be more focused on that of really helping parents realize that kids do need to be engaged. They really do need to build their confidence. And there's certain ways that we can do that, whether it's in the kitchen or wherever, but that's really kind of my happy spot is to create the kits and with that in mind. We are a baking kit. We, we provide recipes, that's for sure. But my vision is everything that's happening while they're making it. When you're an educator, you never think about the end product, especially in preschool. I don't know if you have kids, but 
you know, parents pick up their kids and they see this thing in their backpack and they're like, hmm, what is that? <laughs> because it doesn't look like really much of anything because they didn't finish it exactly the way the product or the way we showed them. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. What's important was the process of learning to get to that part. And that's mm -hmm. where I've come in. I realized that the recipe or the picture that they see is something that I decorated, I made, and it probably looks really pretty and I Photoshopped it and it looks really great. But it's really the process of learning that they had before the end product. And that's what we were focusing on. You could say the same for starting a business. When you were yeah. saying that there, it made me think about the first version of Subly. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's probably how a lot of people felt like, what is this? <laughs> but I went through <laughs> the process of learning to get to that point to then iterate and learn further from there, you know, because it's yes. the learning curve gets steeper, but you get faster as well the more you go through that process, I think. So right. for anyone who's considering starting a business, what would you say your number one and biggest tip is for them? Know that it's going to be hard, but it's going to be the most thrilling thing you've ever done, especially if it's something that you're really, really excited about and want to share with other people. I think that's probably the number one as well. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just have to kind of take a bit of a leap of faith and know that it will be hard. I would say owning a, your own business, it's so thrilling because you get to pick which 16 hours a day you get to work. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but it's true. So uh, I, I took a look at your uh, your blog and, and uh, your Instagram. And by the way, it looks amazing. And I do not recommend that you look at it when you're, you've got an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it looks incredible. Like, I, I was like, oh my goodness, this is not a good idea. But <laughs> I couldn't stop looking as well. It looks fantastic. So um, do you have any favorite recipes that you, know, you, you, you want to mention? I always say whatever my grandma taught me. Uh, I was a little girl when my grandma would come and visit us. She actually adopted at five years old. She was brought on a ship, her and her, her brother uh, from Italy, and was uh, brought to Ellis Island. She was adopted by an Italian family, and her new mother taught her how to bake. And wow. they lived in New York when it was very, very cold. They would come, her, her and my grandfather would come and stay with us for about a month or two months every spring. Mm -hmm. And I would just sit and look like this on the counter, just what none of the other kids in the family cared. They were all outside. I was just, so I learned how to make gnocchi, biscotti, um, homemade pastas. Oh my goodness. What we call <laughs> anise bread, which we call our grandma bread. Uh, how to make a perfect pie crust, how to make sauce. And those are all my favorite recipes. But probably my favorite one is she used to make a recipe called egg, eggplant parmesan. And that's, mm. I, I could make that with my eyes closed. No, I'm definitely starving. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little late here. As you can see, it's, it's dark. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I've not had my dinner yet. So thanks for that. <laughs> That's all the questions I wanted to ask about Kids Baking Club, but I do have this quick fire round that I'd, I'd, I'd love to go through with you. Sure. So the first one is phone or computer? Computer. Is there a reason for that? I type really fast. Okay. What's the number one book that you'd recommend? I'm reading a really good book right now called Clockwork. But when I was first launching the business, I read a book called The Story Brand. Building the Story Brand. I read a lot, but those are kind of the neat books that I've been reading lately. Are there any particular businesses that excite you right now? 
I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> no worries. I, I look at so many businesses and I just think they're all amazing. I actually think that's quite a difficult one because I'm the same as you. I'm like, oh, there's so many to choose from. Are there any specific trends right now that are exciting to you? Definitely the e-learning. The big trend right now, parents are becoming homeschool parents that they never believed they would. Mm. There used to always be kind of a stigma about homeschool parents mm-hmm. and homeschool kids. And now they're all homeschooling yeah. and realizing that kids really at school were only learning for about two to three hours a day and they were there for eight hours. And now parents are realizing I could, I could do this at home. So I think e-learning is like a big trend right now. It's interesting hearing that from your perspective, because that's you, you live for education and, mm-hmm. and that's, so it's an interesting perspective. What is your number one life hack? Well, one is that I'm very scheduled. I live a very scheduled life. I think that helps a lot. I'm very block scheduled. And other big life hack is what I call changing your state. When things aren't going well, you have a bad thought or whatever, just get up and move. Change what you're doing. Um, get out of that environment and you know, go meditate, go listen to a song, go take a walk, go get a drink, go get whatever, change what you're doing. Don't wallow in that place because what's going to happen is it's going to bring up things that number one, you cannot control. And secondly, it's probably something that's not even true. Mm -hmm. It comes from an old belief that you have that I'm always going to fail at this, or this isn't going to work. Or, you know, I just hated that phone call and I'm just going to sit here and think about it. No, get up, move, get away and get back and get back to what you were doing, but clear your mind and then get back. I love that. I mean, that's a life skill and a life hack. I guess I kind of know the answer to this, but why did you get into business? I've always been into business. I've always been an entrepreneur. I started a catering company when I was 17. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) I've always not loved the whole nine to five thing. It was just never. My father is an entrepreneur and it just was something in my blood. And I've always thought of businesses. I dream of businesses all the time. And uh, the last one is, uh, what is your superpower? My superpower is to inspire women to live out their dreams in life and in their career. I feel like there should be some music in the background right now. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that is a superpower. That's amazing. I have to say you are a massive inspiration. Thank you so much for joining uh, on the the podcast. Thank Um, you. It's so great to meet you. I'm I'm really excited um, to to uh, you know to share everything that you've just shared with me. So thank you. And um, is there? A, it's funny so- how when you're in this business and you're thinking of uh, you're in the subscription box business and you start seeing names and your name comes across all the time. <laughs> oh, you need to talk to Stephen Curry. Oh, you need to talk to Stephen. Oh, you need to and on Sub Summit and on Subta and everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know who that person is. And now I actually got to meet you. <laughs> Yeah, it is quite um, an intimate industry, but it's actually yeah. a, a quite a big one as well. It's, it's quite interesting. But yeah, I'm glad we got to connect. And um, yeah. where can people find you? Just go to kidsbakingclub.com. And if you want to email me personally, just go to jill at kidsbakingclub.com. Boom. There we go. Make sure you uh, reach out to Jill and uh, say hello to her. So thanks for listening, guys. That's the end of this episode. <laughs>